0: Show me, show you, Coco Bon. It's the Coco Show, episode forty. Hi everybody! Welcome to the Cocoa Show. I'm John, and I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're talking about Cocoa Bond. Oh. yeah.
1: Sounds like a candy to me.
0: It does. Well, when you when you first heard the name Cocoa Bond, what is that? Does it? Do you think candy?
1: Yeah, or like a, some sort of racing thing? You know, like yeah, a, like
0: the Autobahn. You
1: know. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. What if you
0: combine both candy and racing?
1: I'd be a professional racer. That's what you'd get. That's how it'd go down. That'd be awesome. You know, listen, Coke, you know, Bon those are good eating. I don't know they what a bonbon bon is. That's a little chocolate deal, you know? Lots of ladies eat them when they're watching soap operas. At least that's what the TV told me, mm. you know, back in the 70s. Mm. But they're, they're tasty. And so if you had a cocoa flavor, which is sort of chocolate anyway, yeah. you'd be in business.
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny. Oh, There's There's that one candy game that Nick Morentez made. Remember that? Jelly Donut Station?
1: Well, no. no, I don't remember the name of that. That was was something
0: like that, right?
1: Nick has made so many games. He may have made a game called Candy. What was a Union Station? Whatever Mm -hmm. you call
0: it. Yeah. So, anyway, we'll get a chance to ask him live when we are at the 31st last Cocoa Fest. Did you know, Aaron, that we're going to Cocoa Fest this year?
1: I've heard that. I've heard that we're going to be going to Cocoa Fest. You know, we've never... We never go nowhere, if I'm honest. We were so lazy, we just had your own show. Uh, But I guess you do go to Ireland occasionally, but uh, I never go nowhere. So this will be exciting. We're going to go up north and visit all of our buddies from the Coco, the various Coco maniacs that that are all around. We're going to join them. I don't know if we're going to fit in very well, Bo. We're going to have to get more obsessed.
0: You know, it'll be interesting. You know, I consider myself to be part of the nation, the Coco nation. Yeah, and do the drunk uh, part every Saturday, you know, until I until I either fall asleep, get trashed, or they start an interview. Uh, I am part of the nation, and so I, if if not fully, I at least will be able to recognize some of the faces, you know. Yeah,
1: it it'll, it'll be neat. To, I'm wondering if some of my favorites are going to be there. I, I I'm assuming. I'm assuming like El uh, Curtis Boyle would be there. Maybe I know Nick won't be there, obviously, but I'm hoping my good pal Paco Itake is going to mm-hmm. be there. I hope he's he, there too. He needs a good beating, so I'm going to <laughs> take care of him. Listen, I, I like hope it over the Coco
0: Crew's there so we can start something because it's been about time that we really start to do a Jets versus Sharks thing. Well, and take them down.
1: See, the problem is I'm down with the Coco Crew. I, I don't have a problem with because I was on their show way, way back, and they were super nice to me. And they also told me secretly that I was great, and so I appreciated that. And so then I ended up getting on the other Coco show. They were nice too, but so they were both nice to me. So Listen, I, don't, I man, have no animosity. What
0: happened with the ram board will never be forgotten.
1: Can you imagine the two Coco gangs having a turf battle? That'd be the most hilarious thing. All these old bearded guys coming at each other. What are they gonna do? Yield sticks of ram, try to try to give each other a nasty scrape. You
0: could, you could brain somebody with a gimme X, man. <laughs>
1: You know what you need to get to those multi cart things, the big metal deals. Mm-hmm. You can you whack a suck with it. That's I do. what that's
0: what your weapon of choice is gonna be.
1: But when you've got one of those, you're the king. Yeah. King of all the other geese. Well you you're are. I mean,
0: when you walk in there, I want yeah. I'm telling you, man, people are gonna start to go, it's Aaron. Aaron's
1: here. Oh yeah. You know? They're gonna come at me, all right. And
0: then they're gonna loft you just like at a, a, at a wedding loft on, on the chair and they're gonna crown you King Coco.
1: I'll tell you what, there better be some real studly, muscular Coco fans yeah, at this thing. Yeah, your average Coco
0: guy, studly and muscular.
1: Uh, it's, <laughs> you know, we're killing our own people here. Because we're both, we're both blobby marshmallows, too. <laughs> well, and we're both well, uh, all this
0: is to say we will fit right in. in
1: yeah, Cocoa there you fans. go.
0: So, if you would like to join us... Please come out to the last ever Cocoa Fest. Every year, it's the last one. And uh, it is uh, at the end of April. I'm pulling up the date right now. This is going to be at uh, April uh, 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 the 21st through the 23rd. Actually, I guess the Friday is not technically part of it unless you're a benda like we are. Or a cool guy. What are we selling, Boat? What do we we got? Look at this, man. Mm. (laughs) What,
1: that's what's for sale? always is i hope i hope frank's not involved in that maybe you can recap you
0: (laughs) (laughs) so please come out to the coco fest we'd love to see you if you are going say hi make sure that uh you pick up some complimentary amigos and Cocoa show swag while you're there you know aaron speaking of sponsors of the coco fest uh our favorite sponsor retro rewind they're the official sponsor of Cocoa Fest. And, uh, you know, it wasn't too uh, long ago when I filmed a little tribute to one of their favorite, to one of my favorite devices that they sell, the Cocoa SDC, Aaron. Let's learn about it, shall we? Are you ready to take the plunge into the exciting world of the Tandy Color Computer? Have you tried emulation and found it to be confusing and unreliable? What the hell is Bitbanger? It's time to get yourself a real Cocoa and get yourself over to RetroRewind.ca to get it out with everything you need to enter the Cocoa universe. The Cocoa SDC is the fastest, easiest way to jump into the Nirvana that is gaming on the Tandy Color computer. pre preloaded SD card is already included, so just pop it in your Cocoa and away you go. Pick up your Cocoa SDC at RetroRewind and be sure to use the promo code Amigos10 to save 10% off the already low price. Thank you. To RetroRewind.ca for sponsoring The Cocoa Show.
1: Alright, Boat, you know, this week's game is Coco Bond, mm. right? And so we could sit here and ramble on about it like a couple of dipsticks or we could introduce the man that made the game. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Paul Thayer. Hey, Paul. Hey, how's it going, everybody? <laughs> it's Dandy. We're so happy you could join us here to talk about cocoa bond are are, Now, do you pronounce it cocoa bond Is that the way you pronounce that's it?
2: That's how I've always said it. Uh, some good. of those Canadians, they, I guess, they like to say ban or something like that. I don't know. they got problems with vowels and stuff up yeah. there. I think that's part of it. Sometimes but they use too many. Yeah.
1: So, you know, I've got this. I want to go over. I've got a factoid sheet here. And you can confirm it and all this stuff, but I want to ask you some stuff about the development of this. According to what I've got here, uh, you released this November 2022. That seems to check out. Uh, yes. And uh, you, it says here that this game was derived from Sokoban and P- Pico Bon. Now, is Pico Bon is that a Pico Eight game? Yes, it is. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're a, are you
2: a Pico Eight guy? I have written um, a couple of different games in it that I haven't released, but yes. I, I like it. Now, uh, for those that
1: don't know what that is, and stop me if I'm wrong here, Paul, but basically the, the uh, Pico-8 is basically like sort of a pre- it's a it's a sort of a pretend system. It was a system that was never released. It's more of a it's more of a programming structure to make games and, and, and with a certain set of parameters and it's it's proven to be quite popular. I know the guys that were Pixel Gaiden, I talk about it all the time and then the uh, the way you play the games is a, like a super cheap emulation pack you pick up and then i believe all the games are free am i getting that right
2: paul it uh, sounds like it yep very good very good and so you're you're a big proponent of this thing yeah like it's they call it a virtual console i guess yeah. is actually the term um it's better than pretend console which is right <laughs> and so i mean originally how i saw this game was um i was on cool math games with my daughter
0: yeah Uh, i know i know all about that site we're continuously trying to get our students not to go there during class
2: Uh, (laughs) so yeah i went there and i saw this game on that um and i didn't realize like the boot up screen for Pico 08 and everything that was on there was like the virtual console later on i was during the development of this game i was uh talking to one of my good friends, Paul Fiscarelli, about it. And he's like, well, you know what Pico 8 is, don't you? And I was like, nope. And then he showed me. So then I bought a a subscription to that for like 18 bucks and learned some stuff on how to make that work. And yeah, anything on there kind of actually ties really well into the Coco because the screen resolution is very similar. Not exact, but it's very similar. Hmm, That's interesting
1: because I know there's a – a ridiculously huge library uh, for the Pico. A do you see a do you see a path in the future that maybe some of that stuff might be uh, you know
2: handily ported over to the Coco if someone took the chance to do it? I think so. Um, not by me. Um, <laughs> I, Disclaimer. No, I'm just saying. Um, you <laughs> know, I made this one is kind of a. Uh, I'm I'm working on a larger project and I had to learn a lot of things about developing games for uh, assembly language. And this was uh, my second one, um, and so I kind of got a lot of the the libraries written that I'm going to use, and learned a lot of techniques while I was doing it. So
1: very good, but Bo, just for the record, have, have you heard of the Pico? A I mean, you maybe you're a super fan. I don't know. Well,
0: I'm a super fan of Eric Nelson. And yeah. so that's that's how I know about it. um I see. I, it's it's one of those concepts that I think is super cool, but it's not something that I, I've looked into.
1: Yeah, so, I'm the same way. Exact same way. Who's so, Eric Paul Nelson, sorry. Oh, Eric he's, uh, Nelson.
0: He's one of the hosts of the Pixel Guide in podcast. Oh, gotcha.
1: Yeah, he he's a big proponent of uh, of that of that. So they really put it over on there. That's really that's the only way I know about anything on there is from that. I'm writing down Pixel Guiden right now. So can check, oh, out yeah, check. Oh yeah, check them out. They're outstanding.
0: So Paul, tell us, I mean, you know, obviously there's tons of uh there's tons of different concepts out there to make games. Was this wasn't your first rodeo in terms of Coco Game, right?
2: No. It was my second Coco, well, assembly language Coco game. I I used to program try to program games for the tandy color computer back in the day when I was like, you know, nine, ten years old, but I had no clue. But yeah, this was uh, my second rodeo in assembly language for the 6809 assembly to be more specific.
0: And when you saw this on Cool Math Games, were you just like, this is something that I could, you know, I could I could easily move over to the Coco. Was there did you did you play any of the existing Sokoban games on the Coco before you did this or did you just dive right in?
2: I did not because I actually wasn't even familiar with what Sokoban was (laughs) when I started this venture. I just really liked the game and I thought, you know, the graphic style could pour it over pretty well. And there was some elements that I could learn. And while I was playing it, I had uh, some ideas of the expansions that I uh, made to this particular version of the game.
0: Now, um, this is a game. Let's talk about the technical specs. This is a game that uh, requires a Color Computer 3, correct? That is correct and uh what is uh tell us about the thought process behind making this a coco three only game
2: um well i don't particularly care for the one or the two Mm, yeah um no reason then (laughs) i'm 41 um and i got the color computer three when i was five so pretty young right we're the same age
0: paul we're the same age
2: sweet all right i sent some sarcasm in there maybe no, no, we're exactly okay. the same All age. Right. All right, yeah. You're the won. two youngest Coco fans on earth, so, yeah. by the way. I, I mean, I think that I think there's a lot of cool things done on the two, but I really like the uh, 16 bit or 16 bit, 16 color depth. And it's just the Coco Three is what I've always tried to program on. So yeah,
0: that makes yeah. sense. And I, I would say that they're. The Coco Three offers the most potential, of course, because of the expanded capabilities. And it's yep. I, I always would rather see Coco Three only games because I, like you, do not care about the Coco One and Coco Two. <laughs> I mean, if you've
2: got a Coco Three, why not use it to its fullest capabilities? Yep. You know. Um and one of the things yeah. that I wanted to set out to do was to make sure that this game was playable in 128K. Um, on a real console that doesn't need any kind of modifications, just to kind of open up the market to a lot more people to kind of see, you know, what my game development kind of has to offer, you know, now Mm -hmm. and what's in the future. So
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, um, we'll get into your future plans uh, in a little bit, but I want to know how you come up with these puzzles, because, you know, I am not somebody that has a a mind that can come up with 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 things like this i have a hard enough time solving puzzles let alone making my own do you (laughs) plot things out on graph paper do you already have it fully formed in your mind and you just put it down on the on the screen what do you do
2: so well i cheated a little bit in this game because it's based on pico eight or pico bond which has 15 levels and they're they're all in here
0: Mm, so there's
2: 15 levels already made up for me um I suck at making uh, puzzles, too, Boat. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's completely honest. It's not,
0: it's not easy. It's not an easy thing to do, for sure.
2: So one of the things that, you know, helped me was making the level editor, um, which I made that really actually early, probably too early. I didn't even have any of the uh, game mechanics working at the time when I first started, when I first made it. Um, but once I was able to make a level editor that was that had working game mechanics, it was definitely a lot easier that way. Um, A lot of the levels that I created were actually inspired by other video games. Mm -hmm. Um, um, Pac-Man. I I can't even think of all of them, to be honest with you. But, um, yeah, and I'd I'd made a puzzle game before um, for my nephew on the PC. It's called Hotel Elevator Man. Nobody knows about it. (laughs) I didn't release it publicly at all. Um, But, yeah, it's a platformer puzzle game. So, I I learned a lot of stuff there, um, mainly being that puzzles are hard because you try to, you know, you're trying to make this uh, challenge and you think you have an idea of how it's going to work and then you have some player during playtesting who breaks it in like two seconds and you're like, oh, well, I guess I need to make that challenging. Yeah. I mean, it's equally as hard, in my opinion, making even games that aren't puzzles that have levels because you try to find that balance between making something challenging and fun because if it's too easy, then it's boring. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you get into this spot where you make just, everything's just ridiculously too hard. Like I remember making one of my first games, uh, it was a platformer game that I made back in like 2003 on uh, the game maker uh, development system. And uh you had to unlock three doors and i hid like all of the keys behind trees and you had to just like kind of guess that they were there somewhere you know it was a, we play was a lot hard. we play a
0: lot of amiga games like that
2: <laughs> yeah i am So's very intrigued by the amiga lately i i i'm not gonna go there though because i have some goals for the coco but if i because if i go to amiga i'm probably not gonna go back <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just a, it's a really cool computer i never even knew about it back in the day but you know, yeah well i mean it was united it was a states.
0: non-factor in the united states so it's it's easy to see why you didn't <laughs>
2: yeah, well, um,
0: yeah. d- tell us about the playtesting that you did i mean obviously you you got some people from the community um how did you uh how did you finagle that
2: um well i hit up people on discord mm-hmm. and honestly i didn't get that many um, Curtis kind of did some testing just because he helped me program and I kind of forced him into some of the, <laughs> some of the play testing too. I, he doesn't like this style of game. I don't think very much. Um, and then my nephew, um, but really the only person from the community that actually did like pre-release play testing besides, uh, Curtis, Paul Fiscarelli and Chet, uh, Simpson, who are all people who helped me develop was, uh, Mark Overholzer.
0: Oh, OK. And he yeah.
2: instantly complained that he, <laughs> that, he, that he couldn't pull. And yeah, the space bar versus enter thing in the menu has that's been a, a point of debate for a long time. And of course, the infamous single undo.
0: Yeah. I yeah. believe
2: they were just complaining about this last Saturday.
0: Yeah, uh, there was, Sorry, there was a better at the game. There was a uh, there were there were quite a few people think you made a major blunder by uh, by not including a single undo for me. Listen, man, Sokoban ain't for losers and it ain't for cheaters, and that's what you are if you use that's an undo out. button.
1: <laughs> you know the, the one thing about it is, you know, obviously if you you can't put a, a game like this if you put it, a pull in there, it would it would ruin the game. You yeah. can't, you know, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's out. And, and then I mean, honestly, you've got it set up so you can instantly start over, right? You know, so as far as I would start undoing, I mean, yeah, there were occasions where I would do something that I didn't mean to do, but
2: hey, them's the breaks, brother. Right. Know, that's the way it goes. Well, you gotta start I, I, over. I understand too from some of the from the standpoint of some of the later levels because yeah. the move list gets huge, right? Mm-hmm. And so I get it from that aspect, but like the the. And, and I guess I, I kind of agree with him in a little bit, because the levels that Paul and I made for the game and my son, I think they were a lot more complex than the base 15 that came with Pico Bond, you know. And yeah. by the time like I was done developing this game, I could beat it within, you know, 15, 20 minutes. Oh, so wow. it's hard to. Well, I mean, you play the same puzzles a hundred times,
0: right? Well, it's it's this again. It's the same thing that we hear about, you know, when we talk about all these really, really difficult uh, Amiga, ZX Spectrum games, whatever. Is that there was no playtesting back in the day, and when you're programming a game, you're going to be real good at it because you do it over and over again, and you start to lose the concept of uh, you know how difficult is this for somebody that's never played it before, and that's that's always the challenge.
1: Plus, if you put an undo button in here, for example, because one thing I like about this, I mean, listen. I'm not gonna lie to you, uh, man. I I'm never getting past those 15 first level. I'm dumb as a sack of hammers. I had to watch boats play through to get past the first level. I'm an idiot. Now I got into the groove. I got to like level seven or eight before I completely was befuddled. But I like the idea that you've got the timer on there. So you could go in there and compete for times, so like you said, even if you get really good at the game, you can at least shoot for a quicker time. And if you put an undo button in it, it well, also sort of screws that up, Let me, let me up ask too. you a
0: question, because, you know, I think in a perfect world, what I would like to see is uh, two modes where you have, a, you know, basically, you know, ex- exploration mode and uh you know high score mode and mm-hmm. maybe the exploration mode has an undo button and but you don't get scored you know and then that opens it up be- and then you do get the speed running when you get into the you know that that the other mode but how much overhead would that be in terms of fitting this onto the cartridge or into the end the game or whatever making two different modes like that
2: i don't think it would have been that bad um mm-hmm. i'm going to tell you i wish i would have Talk to you about it during development because I'm not going to make that change now. Oh sure, but... it's too late. It's too late. <laughs> get, no, get busy, Paul. But, get in yeah. here. Yeah, right. Well, I don't think it would have really been that bad. Um, I I I went through nine revs, nine different builds of this game, and each time I was reducing the amount of memory I was using for the actual program. um re- a First first couple drafts, man, I was running into 24k for the program, and I'm just like that's not even right. I should not be using that much memory. And thanks to you know people like Curtis who've helped me get better as a programmer, I, I was down to less than 16K for the final build. So the game mechanics wouldn't really be that, you wouldn't change anything with the way that the functions work in the library for the game mechanics. You would just basically omit the timer from running um, or maybe you don't, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then adding an undo, especially if it's only one move, you mm-hmm. just have to have some sort of uh, buffer for that. And that, that would have been very minimal. So I think it could have been done. Yeah.
0: Now, your game is for sale. Uh, I'm sorry. This is a uh, this is a name your own price, your own price. Uh, deal on Itch. Uh, I'm curious about your experience with Itch as a platform, as a, as a programmer putting your game on there. Uh, what's that process like?
2: It's really it's really simple and it was a lot better than what I did for my first game. So the first game was like, Hey, I'm gonna post in the Facebook community. You guys come see come come check this out and order from me. And um for my experience it was kinda rough too, but at that time I was selling um physical media. I got I got out of that. It was just too much work. Mm -hmm. Um it was cool. It was really rad having full color glossy manuals and you're like oh this is so cool because that's what you liked when you were a kid yeah um but i think the customer experience too was really the the it was just piss poor i mean they'd have to email me i'd send them a digital copy and they'd wait you know stuff like that and and i guess it wasn't too terrible but it's just like amazing i can just go on there and upload my game in about five ten minutes and um it's open for more than just the coco community so if people are like bopping around looking at classic retro video game platforms and find emulators or whatever and they're like hey i wonder if there's games for this they can find it on hio um i decided to have it be name your own price because a it's not technically my original game i mean there's elements of it that were original to me um but also you know i had a good friend of mine release a what i consider to be a nintendo quality type game for the coco 3 and he didn't charge a dime so i'm like well this isn't even comparable so i shouldn't be i shouldn't be charging any money for it if i don't have to what
0: is that game uh, by uh the way? digger 3 oh
1: yeah oh yeah. yes yeah. yeah that is great that's a real good one yeah mm-hmm. you know i i like the i like the name your price uh angle i mean i always like that for games and i think it's fair Uh, too, to to do it that way. Because, I mean, listen, everybody, there's nothing wrong with getting a little little jack off of the game, especially if you take a long time to write it. And the distribution's nice. I can understand going the digital-only route uh, you know, because uh, I'm I've, i I've just from stuff from uh, I know Nick has been up and down with trying to do, you know, the send boxes and stuff. Always He's always had some kind of wacky issues going on with that. So I know it's a it can be a
2: trifle yeah. uh, to do it. So I can understand how that goes. You know, if I didn't have if I didn't have kids and I didn't work full time, that'd be a different story. Right. But, yeah. And, it was and just, I think there's still, still much.
0: there's still room. I mean, there's still room in the marketplace for somebody to come along that can expedite that. Um, that just nobody has yet because nobody's figured out how to make enough money because production costs, you know, is so expensive yeah. doing cardboard boxes and glossy manuals and stuff yep. like that. So.
2: I still yeah. have a ton of like, I bought like 50 SD cards. <laughs> <For one reason. laughs> I got a ton of them for the, for the SDC. And I got about, well, you have to buy the Avery labels in like a 500 pack. So I got a ton of those um, printing the glossy manuals. Wasn't too terrible because I work at a company that has a print shop. Oh, there. that's so convenient. I just, I just made some. Um, Gee, like you can't hear this. Nobody from General Electric is watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I used some company resources. so we we all, all, we that's, that's great. That.
0: Tell us about <laughs> what was your first game, Paul?
2: Uh, the first color computer game? Yeah. Uh, that was Timberman.
0: Timberman. So a, port,
2: a port of the, of the phone app.
0: Now I don't know if you know this or not, Paul, but uh, yeah. last year Aaron and I hosted our very first uh, retro computer festival here in, uh, in in lovely West Virginia, and uh, we actually used Timberman as our Coco high score challenge game.
1: I heard about that actually And it was by far <laughs> the most popular and most competitive of any of the games we did, wasn't it both? Yes, absolutely.
0: It was a huge, <laughs> massive hit. So thank yeah. you. I'm for, glad it was for, a massive hit. That.
2: I hate that game now. We <laughs> <laughs> played it so much. I don't know, man. I don't know what it is. I'm like this thing is. Just, there's not much to it, you know. I well, like I like games that have a little bit more to it, you know. But
1: people, I'm telling you that my kid loved it too. He was a big fan of that one. Cool, you know. And it's it was a fun game. So that's it's. And I will say, you know, we haven't really delved too much into this with so Just to give people who are listening to wonder what exactly we're talking about here. Of course, this is Coco Bond, where and it's a puzzle game. and it's pretty. I mean it by default you're you're a character trying to leave the screen uh, and to do that, you'll have to move around objects uh, to capture other objects or or uh, reveal objects that will unlock uh your way out of the level I mean is that pretty much the long and short of a boat there because there's more to it than just getting a key sometimes there are other obstacles yeah you've in got your way. you've got to
0: complete a, a, a varying set of objectives to be able to move on to the next level.
1: But what was that game we put on the Amiga a couple months ago that was like this? There's
0: a game called Exit on the Amiga. That's right. And, and Paul, if you ever get into the Amiga, you should check this one out because it's it's very similar to Coco Bon And it's got a, a lot of the same sort of extra things that, you, that you've put into Cocoa Bond in terms of having to fill the holes with some of the uh, w- with things and having to, you know, you can't cross certain spaces more than once and things like that. But it's got a really nice uh, Amiga patina on it if you will Mm. and uh and uh it's it's one of these games that we never heard of before and uh it's 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 a real real great game so you might be sick of sokoban games at this point never play it (laughs) but should you ever become non-sick of it check it out
2: no i uh i'm actually i i wish that people would take advantage of the level editor in here and send them to me because i i really like this game i love i like solving puzzles in video games um and I'm just very intrigued to see what people have to offer, because um, I've always liked playing it, and I and I feel with some of the expansions that we made with it too. There's a lot of it opened up a lot of doors for creative uh, level design. Uh, so,
0: so uh, the, you said the level editor is actually it's available within the within the game itself, right? Yeah,
2: it's on yep. the menu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. And then you can play the levels. Uh, um, it gets saved to the disc, and you can play them.
0: That's so. fantastic. Now, say somebody is using a um, uh, an emulator to play this, and uh, they are uh, they they create a level there. How do, how does that work? You just save the the disk within the emulator, and then you would send that to you <laughs> to you know for your perusal.
2: Yeah, well, there's a lot of different tools that will extract files off of um, virtual disks. Mm-hmm. Um, I I use the image tool that comes with Mame. Um, but that's what you do: is you, you just you mount the disc right in into whatever tool you're going to use. You extract the ulevels.bin file, and then you uh, email it or Discord it or Facebook chat it to your friend, and then they put it on their disc and then they play your levels.
1: Okay, yeah, it's, it, it's real simple. Just in the whole disc. And I will say, and you mentioned it there. Uh, I've tried this on my on my actual code, code and it worked fine. But I even I thought like, let's really kick the tires on this thing. I actually played this on MESS, uh, which on the Coco 3 uh, MESS emulator, uh, you know, the MAME, mm-hmm. you know, it's MAME, but it used to be called MESS. And it played flawlessly uh, on there without any, without any trouble. So it's definitely uh, uh, something that's easy to run if you don't have a, uh, a, a an actual Coco 3, which I'd say the majority of people list this probably don't. I mean, they're not that easy to get anymore. Uh, and if you don't have one, get it soon, because <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> they're not going to be real much longer. But <laughs> uh, this, is, this is a great little, dis- one of those little distraction games. You know, I, I'm going to tell you, we played Exit a couple months ago, like Boat mentioned, on the Amiga. And I loved that game, but I was not very good at it. And this game, I was very similar experience. I like, I mean, listen, the controls are literally printed on the screen, <laughs> which I like. And the fact that it's, it, it's perfectly obvious what you're supposed to do in the game now. Uh, it's so obvious that it makes you infuriated when you can't do it, which is what I was often. I was, I mean, I, this is one of those games. I had to get up and walk away. I had to come back. Boat had recorded the first one it was a five or six or seven levels boat, mm-hmm. and I often referred to Boat's gameplay that I was like, "What am I doing wrong?" And then I would scream at Boat. <laughs> <laughs> because it was something so simple, I was kicking myself. Yep. You know, I was like, "Oh man, I don't know if I've got the uh, the patience to g- ever get good at this." Uh, but it was it was a fun time, and and I think I like the interface uh, that you've got on here. I like the control method. Uh, uh, I thought that was a pretty smart move, actually, the way you have it set up. Uh, I, I like the fact that you can instantly quit and start over. There's not a lot of rigmaroles in between, you know, restarting the level. That's a that's a killer on games like this. If there's some kind of crap in between yeah. you dying, it's yeah. horrible. It's the worst thing. And this one starts right back up. I mean, if, if you're into these sorts of games, I can't imagine uh, anyone not digging this one. Uh, what do you think, Boat?
0: Yeah. I mean, this is if you like puzzle games and you like, uh, you know, games that are they're puzzly but you immediately know what you're supposed to do it's not like a puzzle game like mist where you're just stuck in this world and you kind of have to figure out the mechanics on your own like you know what everything does and it's your job to solve it uh then you know this is this is a go-to game on the coco now tell us about your next endeavor paul on the coco what are you working on
2: well i'd really quickly like to talk back about game uh the play testing really quick. Oh because, sure, sure. Because uh, Aaron sharing his experience there. Um, I had my nephew and my my older brother Tim actually play too. Um, and I typically like to observe while somebody's doing some play testing for me um, because it's really interesting. You can almost feel how somebody's thinking sometimes, um, and it was quite interesting to watch different people play and have varying results and doing different things like for instance my brother tim right i'm watching him play via discord and he's sitting there on this level for like 15 seconds and he's literally doing nothing and i'm like are, are you gonna move or something he's like well i'm just trying to figure it out before i even start wasting any of my time so he was a real cerebral type mm-hmm. of game approach and then other people go in there and they just start moving stuff around and breaking things and everything. So it was really fun. It was yeah. a lot. Of, that was probably one of my favorite parts about making video games. Is uh, secondly, I mean, I mean, the number one reason I do it is I like <clears throat> to add content to something that I really love um, and give people something to do. But number two, it's really enjoyable to to watch people <clears throat> either struggle. <laughs> sometimes struggling is really amusing to me. Um, you know, that's, that's type of stuff. Is oh scary. yeah.
0: Every, I mean, as a game designer, you don't want people to breeze through your game. You want them to have to think so.
1: No, yeah. no problem there. Uh-huh. I will say you never <laughs> want to be around me for a lot of play testing. Cause if you'd been in the room while I was playing this, you may have been hurt very badly because I was so I mean, I have a low threshold for, I, I, I live a pretty stress-free life, as Bo will tell you. And so, I don't, It's this game's the same reason I quit playing chess. I'm not good at thinking moves ahead, and, and or get, I get aggravated. And man, this game was was driving me nuts. Now, I will say, it was very gratifying. It's extremely gratifying when you can get past the level, but man, the process of getting there, was, yep. it was driving me nuts, man.
2: So hey, yeah, uh, I'm actually you know, curious to know. You got up to like level seven, you said. Boat, where did you get to? Well, you,
0: you can see exactly where I where I could not get past on this playthrough. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, okay. I I got to. I think it's either level seven or level eight. But there is there is something that you've got to do that I could not figure out how to. it it's it's the one where you have to push everything in place and then you got to somehow get back to where you were. And it's this one right here. I could not yeah. get past this. I want to
1: bring it up for you, boat seven. I, I hit the wall here too. Uh, well, oh, I was like what okay. am I supposed to do here and now you. that you tell me there's I know there were so many levels in this and I thought to myself I must be the dumbest guy playing this game so when I looked and asked boat if this is where he got I felt less dumb <laughs> or maybe I thought he was dumber than I thought he was I don't one of the two uh, but yeah this was th- this is a game and it's one of those games you got to sit around and ponder I can understand a guy just <laughs> sitting there and not doing a move because you sort of have to do that um did our did our listeners boat have any more luck with this than we did?
0: Uh, let me, let me check out our, uh, our reviews channel here, Paul, in case you weren't familiar, uh, on the show, uh, we always have some people on our discord community, um, weigh in with their thoughts. And it looks like we have a, a few, uh, we start out with Canadian retro things. He says, Coco bond can be a frustrating game, but not so much that you want to rage quit. It's just hard enough on some levels that you have that voice in the back of your mind saying, I can beat this. If and when you get past the hard levels, you're rewarded with some easier but still fun levels. Once you beat the game, you can start designing your own levels for people to try. So this game should deliver an unlimited supply of puzzle-solving goodness as people design and make available new levels. L. Curtis Boyle.
2: All hail. Can't wait to hear what B.S. say.
0: He says, Coco Bon is a brand new puzzle game done in a charming lower pixel resolution, but full 16 colors with digitized sound effects. Based on the classic Sokobon, of which the Coco has already had at least two versions of, it adds in elements from the much more recent Pico Bon and some original ideas by its author, Paul Thayer. Paul has purposefully not explained every piece or opponent that you will encounter in the game, He wants the player to experience feelings of surprise and discovery, in addition to being so frustrated that you want to hurdle something at the wall. (laughs) Um, If you are into puzzle games, this is an excellent one. A classic with a lot of extra things added to learn and explore for 32 levels, and then you can create your own and share them with other Kokoban enthusiasts. I don't have as much time anymore to spend on these long play puzzlers, but I still had a heck of a lot of fun getting as far as I have. 8.5 out of 10 for me. And finally, Mr. Dave 6309, no slouch in the Coco game developer department himself says Coco Bon is a great looking Coco 3 game and as you progress it not only gets harder but more interesting. Very good game. So there you have it. The community has spoken and they love it.
2: Thank you. <laughs> or you know, should I say you're welcome? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know, you never,
1: Curtis pointed out, you never answered the question as to what you're working on. So, uh, what can uh, you tell uh, us about uh, your next I'm, project? I'm
2: getting there. I'm getting. Oh, there. yeah. Okay. Somebody
0: somebody cut him off. I don't know who it was.
2: <laughs> no, it no. didn't sound like me. No, nobody cut me off. I just said uh, I wanted to talk about something else real quick before I got there. Um so the 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 big project that all of these the Timberman and the Cocoa bond were for was to learn how to do game mechanics in assembly language which is a pain in the ass and I will mention that this game is designed to be done in stages so you know just like the, the development of the game if you've been going hard for a couple weeks on it and then you need to walk away for three months because you're just, you want to hurl something at the wall. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what it's like. And then come back later and play it some more. Um, my next game is uh, called Buff Commando. Um, the The idea is to take all of the 1980s and 1990s action movies and make that a video game experience um, in a platformer. It is a beat em up turned. Running gun so when you start it will be a beat up and then you will acquire a special gun um without revealing too much of the storyline which is a totally ridiculous and stupid storyline just to go along with the uh, 80s action movie theme <laughs> um so yeah that's what i'm working on now um same resolution um i decided to kind of go with that because i had some character designs um for more of the nintendo um like 256 by well, i think that was 256 by uh 320
0: one. i think right
2: yeah i'm not sure or no one
0: 256 by 182 i think is nintendo yeah
2: so um i had some character designs for that um resolution and i liked them they were pretty cool um and then i i don't know i just love this mode In the coco three like you don't have to use as much memory it still looks pretty cool it's got a good retro look to it um and so i made some of the sprites in an eight by eight kind of like you would in pico eight um and i thought they were pretty cool looking so i decided to do that um also contemplating putting the game on pico eight additionally i was trying to and I, i i may never get to this but i wanted to develop a an actual like drag and drop um, video game maker for the Color Computer Three, Two, um, which was going to be the same type of resolution. Um, so all of the game mechanic type of stuff is all built in. All the you know functions libraries there, but it's a drag and drop interface, kind of like uh, Game Maker is, if anybody's ever used that. Um, but also with the ability to write custom scripts if you wanted to. Um, yeah. So I was trying to kind of awesome. I was trying to kind of get it to fit into that um, game engine as well, so that's kind of, kind of the reason why I stuck with this uh, this mode and eight by eight sprites. And so far, it's, it's going pretty good. Um, right now, I'm kind of just in the initial stages of, you know, figuring out the rest of the storyline because I have basically the first five scenes figured out, um, getting some graphics drawn and implementing them onto the computer i want to do some cut scenes on this one too wow so yeah well this one's going to be 512k okay so um we're figuring out we're trying to figure out how to do some four voice music with uh digital sound effects and i have some really great people that i'm working with all the time um paul fiscarelli simon uh jonason or the invisible man as he likes to go by um, the guy, he's basically the guy who taught me how to do assembly language and then Chet Simpson uh, really kind of put me into the in more advanced level um, with, with video game design using assembly language. I mean, he showed me so many concepts I would have never even imagined or thought of on my own. It was, it was amazing. So I got some really good people working with me on it and that's kind of the target and the goal. So we'll see you guys uh, with that game in about seven years. <laughs> it sounds it sounds incredibly
1: ambitious you know the, the theme of it we, we you know i don't know if you my brother and me uh or i do a show called arg presents and we just covered a game called bro force on there yeah which i don't know if you ever heard of but this I sounds have. like right <laughs> at my wheelhouse i was like man they were, when you were talking i'm like
2: holy smokes it was this sounds it sounds great so it, I'm, I'm all for it it's funny because bro force actually came out after i had this idea and yeah. i'm like I'm like, did these guys hear me talking at the coffee shop or what? Because, like, this is exactly <laughs> what I was – I love that game because oh, yeah. of the way that it introduced. So not only do you have different characters or different skill sets, but they're randomly selected as you go through. It's yeah. so cool. And then they have, the like, the, the special ops missions where you have to utilize the special characteristics of that particular person to, to get oh, yeah. to the level. Oh, my God. Such a wonderful it, game. Well done. It It is an outstanding
1: game. Hey, listen, Paul, would you mind answering a few questions before we go? No, not at all. I've got a few questions in the chat, if you don't mind. Uh, our buddy Rob Fleck O'Hara asks, uh, is it easier to port other Pico games to the Coco? Are the languages similar at all?
2: Um, the languages are not similar at all, and I don't know how easy it is. I see. So yeah, that. But uh, that, uh, but you did say the resolutions are somewhere in the ballpark. Yeah. So the Pico Eight is one twenty eight by one twenty eight. This particular resolution of Coco Bon is one twenty eight by one twelve. So you lose a little bit of resolution. Um, Pico Eight has a set palette. Um, there are two. There's thirty two colors you can pick of total. Um, the the Coco lets you do sixteen out of sixty four. Obviously, uh, Pico Eight uses uh, a Lua based um, custom language. It's custom, but it's based uh, with Lua. Um, the biggest thing is, man, is, um, you know, Pico 8 comes with all the libraries of the functions and pre written commands. It, if you're doing a program in assembly language, you're making that all yourself. Mm. Assembly yeah. language is like if you were to take, you know, the bits and pieces of like assembling a car together, all of the different parts that make everything function and the parts of those parts. So you have a carburetor that you need to build, but you have like 60 parts inside of a carburetor. You have to put all those pieces together yourself, which is awesome, but also tedious. Yeah. um, Which is why we have libraries now. (laughs) (laughs) Understandable. Understandable. Um, You know, L Curtis
1: Boyle has a question here. Now this may be some kind of inside baseball, but maybe you'll know what he's talking about. He asked me to ask you about, uh, uh what he is figuring out for the controls on Buff Commando. Oh, yeah, we had And discussion.
2: alternative controls, he also says. We had this discussion, so I'm still working on the joystick interface with it. Um, what I want to do with that. And there's a few different options on the table. The color computer um community has a Sega Genesis adapter, which I think you can get for around twenty to thirty dollars. I like the Sega Genesis controller. I have no idea how to program for the interface and haven't been able to kind of uncover how. Um, but I'm getting one sent to me. Uh, well, actually, I bought one, so I could try to figure that out. There's the Cocoa PSG, which also offers um, sound at, at a uh, with a different processor completely, so you don't have to take as much processing power out of the Coco. And it has uh, Sega Genesis-type adapters or Atari-type adapters on it. Um, also got a technician at my work working on a custom joystick that's based on the Super Nintendo. Um, that we're trying to use one joystick port for. Cause ideally, I'd like to have a joystick that has no adapters. You just plug it in and you start gaming. So that's what we all wanna do, right? Simple as possible. Um, so I got somebody working on that. Cause I'm gonna do a name your own price again with the game. Um, Uh, so there's that trying to figure out how to do it on the deluxe. Um, haven't decided the joystick yet, but on the keyboard, um, I'm definitely going to have keyboard interface as a second option. Um, I have a few ideas from some people who are good gamers. Uh, John being one of them, (laughs) he, he, you know, he and I talked about, um, you know, allowing the user to input keys. Um, to customize the controls themselves. I like the ZX all <sighs> does. Mm-hmm. I think does. I think it's poss- possibly, I know it's possible, and I don't think it's going to be that difficult to do, because the way that the keyboard works on the Cocoa is you basically, it's probably a lot of computers, I don't know. I don't know anything else about anything other than the Cocoa, but they have um, like a matrix, so um, they have a couple of different registers, one you write to and one you read from, and you want to send a value and you get a value back. And I think you could just easily make a a table of those different values and then test for a key to be um, hit. And then when that key is established, you just take those values and put them in and associate it with that movement. Hmm. Um, And then Ken Waters actually had a really cool idea um, of using because there's three buttons. So you kick, punch, and jump using the Alt, Control, and Shift on your left hand on the color computer three and then the arrow keys um, with your right hand. So, and that actually converts very well to kind of PC emulation as well, because on your left side of your keyboard, you usually have your shift control and alt relatively close to each other. And then on the right side, you have your um, arrow keys easier for me to program. And I think it seems kind of easy or uh, good for the players. So, interesting
1: it's it's interesting to hear someone mull these choices over <laughs> as they get to i mean it's something you don't think about that much but yeah i can see where that'd be a, 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 a something i had to really put a lot of
2: thought into oh um, yeah controls is way more complicated than i ever thought it would be well,
0: yeah and and, and you know at the end of the day the thing is you're not just developing a game but you are you're really igniting a movement because if you, if this game comes out with that Super Nintendo stick, you know, if they sort of launch at the same time, you know, one that plugs directly in, then what you're doing is you're opening the floodgates for everybody to start designing for this thing. And then all of a sudden, bam, we have an actual digital controller for the Coco that's like the accepted standard. And, yeah. uh, and it, it just makes that that side of, of things so much more enticing.
1: You'd love that, wouldn't you, Boat? Yeah. Super Nintendo controller. Yeah, I man. Bet. Hey, I got two more questions here for you uh Paul uh, sorry if I'm taking too much time guys <laughs> no 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 not at all uh, this is it's again we it's not it's not very often you get to look behind the curtain as it were uh, our buddy super tech boy asks uh, what other
2: systems uh do you program for um currently none um, but I have done um some games on the PC I use game maker um, from yo-yo games to do that hmm Originally, about 20 years ago, it was uh, made by a guy named Mark Overmars from Denmark. And it's a really awesome application. Even back then, it was great. Um, and back then, it was $18 for a full registered version. Now you're going to be paying a couple hundred. But yeah, uh, yeah but, you, but you can get it for free. At least last time I tried, you can get it for free and make games. It just has a little thing that pops up. It says Made with Game Maker on it. But um, that's pretty much it. Um, my friend Sheldon McDonald is trying to get me to dabble in the Sega Genesis. Um, I am very, I'm teeter-tottering because I have some goals on the color computer. I just, it's dear to my heart, man. I mean, it was like, while I had friends, you know, growing up that had Nintendos, I mean, I didn't get my first Nintendo till probably 1990. Um, but I had that color computer at home and the whole idea of being able to make Games on the console that you're playing was just always really cool to me. I'd rather make one than play one any day. Um, yeah. So, Gen- Sega Genesis, and I definitely want to get into the Amiga at some point. But right yeah. now, just Coco and a PC. It's funny. There's a
1: follow-up question from Super Take Boy that's along those lines. He asks, "When can we expect Amiga Bond?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as soon as uh, I don't even know what processor that computer has. Uh, it's at the Motorola sixty eight thousand. Mm. So you'd have that's a little the same more as Jack. The Genesis. Yeah, yeah. It, they're they're actually very similar in a lot of ways. There's a lot of stuff ported back and forth between the two. Mm. So yeah, maybe you learn one and just uh, make the seamless transition to the other one.
2: Yeah, the language is is easy. The hardware setup is you'd have to learn that, but that's usually not too bad either. So
1: listen, before we cut you loose, Paul, I want to ask. Uh, where can people pick up your game? I've got the address here written down. I want to read it. I want to make sure I get this right. It's uh, pthayer100.itch.io forward slash Cocoa Bond. Uh, we'll have the link underneath the show. Uh, it's, again, p-t-h-a-y-e-r 100.itch.io forward slash coco Bond. All one word. Uh, and that's where they go to take care of business and to... Uh, Purchase the game, uh, correct? That sounds right. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, Bo, what do you think? Uh, uh, Pretty interesting game, and uh, we really appreciate Paul coming on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And of course, in addition to Paul... We want to thank all the fine folks that make the Coco Show happen. And uh, that includes our Cocoa Show Game Selection Committee members, uh, Canadian Retro Things, L. Curtis Boyle, Robert Murphy, and Steve Rasmussen. Uh, Thank you guys for selecting Coco Bond for us. And of course, our uh, Coco Show Patreon supporters, Mr. Dave6309, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Buttons, and William Becker. Thank you guys so much for supporting the Coco Show. And as always, you can go over to Patreon.com slash The Coco Show to uh, give us a couple bucks a month. We'd really appreciate it. And we also have a goal up there. If we can get to $200 a month in uh, in support on Patreon, The Coco Show will morph from a monthly show to a weekly show. And that would be super cool. Oh, yeah. Um, also, we broadcast the show live on Twitch. You can join the chat at twitch.tv slash Retro Gaming. It's always a good time on here. Uh, and, Aaron, what are we going to be playing next next month on the Cocoa let's, Show?
1: Let's find out. I'm interested to see if Paul has played this one. It's Module Man. Module Man. I, I've never heard of this boat. Have you ever heard of this
0: one? Mm-mm, no.
1: Paul? Module Man? No, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I had that was the that's what they picked. So that's what we'll be playing. Module Man next month. It's a it's a uh It's an exploration into the uh, uh, unknown on this one, Boat. Yeah,
0: yeah. So thank you, as always, for listening. We will see you next time. And until then, all hail. L. Curtis Boyle.
1: Um, 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 um. um. (laughs)